European Hearts Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 37, Issue 28, Focus Issue on TAVI, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Luscher. Further Steps in the TAVI Revolution In an aging society, aortic stenosis becomes an increasingly important condition. Transcatheter aortic valve implantation has revolutionized the treatment of this elderly and often frail patient population, but the indication for this novel procedure is still under debate. Recently, the indication for TAVI was expanded based on the results of randomized controlled trials. Thus, the question, TAVI or no TAVI, identifying patients unlikely to benefit from transcatheter aortic valve implantation, as discussed by Josep Rodez Cabau and colleagues from the Heart and Lung Institute at Laval University in Quebec, Canada, becomes daily practice of heart teams. Newer device iterations are delivering lower peri and early post-procedural complication rates in patients with aortic stenosis who were otherwise deemed too high risk for conventional surgical valve replacement. Yet beyond the post-procedural period, a considerable portion of current TAVI recipients fail to derive a benefit from TAVI because they either die shortly after implantation of the valve or due to a lack of clinical and functional improvement. With increasing possibilities, considerable interest now lies in better identifying factors likely to predict futility post-TAVI. Implicit in this are the critical roles of frailty, disability, and a multimorbidity patient assessment. TAVI risk scores, and combining such scores along with frailty parameters and the presence of specific organ failure, may provide a more accurate and holistic assessment of potential TAVI-related futility. The transcatheter valve technology pipeline started as simple balloon valvuloplasty for the treatment of stenotic heart valves and has evolved since 2002 to either repair or replace heart valves percutaneously with multiple devices. In another review, the transcatheter valve technology TVT pipeline for treatment of adult valvular heart disease, Hans R. Figula and colleagues from the University of Jena in Germany discuss the currently available technology and its application and provide a glimpse into the near future. So far, all guidelines recommend surgical backup in centres performing TAVI procedures. However, such an approach has been challenged by certain centres. In the fast-track clinical research paper Outcomes of Transfemoral Transcatheter Aortic Valve Implantation, TAVI, at hospitals with and without on-site cardiac surgery departments, insights from the prospective German Aortic Valve Replacement Quality Assurance Registry, AQUA, in 17,919 patients. Holger Egebrecht and colleagues from the Cardioangiological Center Betanien in Frankfurt, Germany, provide the first data on this hotly debated issue i.e. whether performing transcatheter aortic valve implantation at hospitals with only a cardiology department but no cardiac surgery on site might be safe in spite of the recommendations of current guidelines. To that end, they analyzed data from the prospective German Quality Assurance Registry on aortic valve replacement 
involving 17,919 patients, with German aortic valve score 2.0 of 5.6 plus or minus 5.8%, and a logistic Euroscore 1 of 21.1 plus or minus 15.4%, who underwent transfemoral TAVI. Overall, 7.4% underwent transcatheter aortic valve implantation at hospitals without on-site cardiac surgery. Patients in non-cardiac surgery hospitals were slightly older and had more comorbidities. Predicted mortality risks also were higher in patients at non-cardiac surgery sites. Complications, including strokes and in-hospital mortality, were similar in both groups. Matched pair analysis of 555 patients in each group with identical German aortic valve score confirmed similar rates of intraprocedural complications, strokes, and in-hospital mortality. Thus, although patients undergoing TAVI at hospitals without on-site cardiac surgery departments were at higher risk, major complications and in-hospital mortality were not different, suggesting the feasibility and safety of heart team-based transcatheter aortic valve implantation at non-cardiac surgery sites. These provocative findings will obviously need confirmation in future studies and are critically discussed in an editorial by Alec Verhanyan from the Hôpital Bichat in Paris, France. Based on randomized trials, transcatheter aortic valve replacement is now well established in the treatment of high and intermediate risk as well as inoperable patients with severe aortic stenosis. To date, there is a paucity of adjudicated prospective data evaluating outcomes with transcatheter aortic valve replacement with newer generation devices and in lower risk patients. In a second fast-track clinical research paper entitled Early Clinical and Echocardiographic Outcomes After Sapien 3 Transcatheter Aortic Valve Replacement in Inoperable High-Risk and Intermediate-Risk Patients with Aortic Stenosis, Sushil K. Kodali and colleagues from the Columbia University Medical Center in New York report early outcomes of a large multicenter registry of 583 high surgical risk or inoperable and 1,078 intermediate risk patients undergoing transcatheter aortic valve replacement with the next generation Sapien 3 transcatheter heart valve. All patients received transcatheter aortic valve replacement with the Sapien 3 system, mainly via the transfemoral, i.e. 87%, or the transapical or transaortic routes, i.e. 13%. The rate of 30-day all-cause mortality was 2% in high-risk-slash-inoperable patients and 1% in intermediate-risk patients, while cardiovascular mortality was 1.4% and 0.9% respectively. In high-risk-slash-inoperable patients, the 30-day rate of major-slash-disabling stroke was as low as 0.9%, while major bleeding was 14%, major vascular complications 5%, and requirement for permanent pacemaker 13%. In intermediate-risk patients, the 30-day rate of major-slash-disabling strokes was 1%, major bleeding 11%, major vascular complications 6%, and requirement for permanent pacemaker 10%. Mean overall Kansas City cardiomyopathy questionnaire score increased for both groups. Overall, 
Paravalvular regurgitation at 30 days was none or trace in 56% of the patients, mild in 41%, moderate in 3%, and severe in only 0.1%. Mean gradients among patients with paired baseline and 30-day or discharge echocardiograms decrease from 46 millimeters of mercury at baseline to 11 millimeters of mercury at 30 days, while aortic valve area increased from 0.7 centimeters squared to 1.7 centimeters squared. Thus, the Sapien 3 transcatheter heart valve system was associated with low rates of 30-day mortality and major or disabling strokes as well as excellent echocardiographic outcomes, including very low rates of moderate or severe paravalvular regurgitation and significant improvement in quality of life. Short and long-term valve function after transcatheter valve implantation is still being debated. Leaflet thrombosis and dysfunction have been recently described. In the third clinical research paper, early hypoattenuated leaflet thickening in balloon expandable transcatheter aortic heart valves. Gregor Pasch and colleagues from the University Heart Center in Freiburg, Bad Krozingen, Germany, evaluated the frequency of early hypoattenuated leaflet thickening of the Sapien 3 transcatheter aortic valve, so-called S3, in 249 patients. Of those, 156 consecutive patients underwent ECG-triggered dual-source computed tomography angiography after a median of five days after implantation. The prosthesis was assessed for hypoattenuated leaflet thickening. Apart from heparin, peri-interventional antithrombotic therapy consisted of aspirin alone in 29% or aspirin plus clopidogrel in 71% of the patients. Hypoattenuated leaflet thickening was found in 10% of the patients. None of the baseline and procedural variables were associated with hypoattenuated leaflet thickening, nor was there an association with antithrombotic regimens, either peri-interventionally or at the time of computed tomography. Also, hypoattenuated leaflet thickening was not associated with clinical symptoms, but a small, albeit significant, difference of around 3 mm of mercury in mean pressure gradient at the time of computed tomography angiography was noted. Full anticoagulation led to almost complete resolution of hypoattenuated leaflet thickening in patients with follow-up computed tomography angiography. Pash and colleagues conclude that irrespective of the antiplatelet regimen, early hypoattenuated leaflet thickening occurs in 1 out of 10 patients undergoing transcatheter aortic S3 implantation and is clinically unapparent and reversible by full anticoagulation. In a thoughtful editorial, Jeroen J. Bax from the Leiden University Medical Center in the Netherlands puts these findings into clinical context. In spite of all the successes of transcatheter valve implantation, aortic valve surgery remains an important and well-evaluated treatment option for patients with aortic stenosis. The fourth clinical research paper, Aortic Valve Surgery and Survival in Patients with Moderate or Severe Aortic Stenosis and Left Ventricular Dysfunction, by Zainab Samad and colleagues from Duke University in Durham, North Carolina, USA, determined the frequency of aortic valve surgery 
with or without coronary artery bypass grafting among patients with moderate to severe aortic stenosis and left ventricular systolic dysfunction and its relationship with survival. The Duke Echocardiographic Database, involving 132,804 patients, was queried for patients with mean gradient more than or equal to 25 millimeters of mercury and or peak velocity more than or equal to 3 meters per second and left ventricular systolic dysfunction as reflected by a left ventricular ejection fraction of less than or equal to 50%. A total of 1,634 patients had moderate or severe aortic stenosis by mean gradient criteria. Overall, 26% of the patients with moderate AS and 48% of the patients with severe aortic stenosis underwent aortic valve surgery within five years of the qualifying echo. There were 53% mortality deaths up to five years following index echo. Aortic valve surgery was associated with a higher five-year survival amongst patients with moderate and severe aortic stenosis, whether classified by aortic valve area or mean gradient criteria. Overall, aortic valve surgery with or without coronary artery bypass grafting compared with medical therapy was associated with significantly lower mortality and a hazard ratio of 0.49. Compared with coronary artery bypass grafting alone, coronary artery bypass grafting plus aortic valve surgery was associated with a markedly better survival and a hazard ratio of 0.18. The authors therefore conclude that in patients with moderate or severe aortic stenosis and left ventricular systolic dysfunction, mortality is substantial and amongst those selected for surgery, aortic valve surgery with or without coronary artery bypass grafting is associated with higher survival. More research is required to understand factors contributing to current practice patterns and the possible utility of transcatheter approaches in this high-risk cohort. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its readers.